Welcome along to the Sports Girl podcast. Today we're in the Lakeside Killaloo Hotel and I'm joined by Denise O'Flaherty and Jerkinan. Welcome ladies. Hi Valerie. Hi Valerie. We're going to take a first look, I suppose, at the TG Car All-Ireland Senior Championship Ladies Football. Um, Denise, we're going to have a look at Group 1, Round 1. It was Tipperary 2-10, Kerry 3-13. Kerry off to um, a winning start, I suppose, after them being relegated this year and they didn't have a great start. They weren't, weren't I suppose, knocked off by Cork as Munster title. They didn't get the Munster title either. But yeah, and I actually thought that this game would be a tight affair, but it wasn't so much in the end. Sarah Houlihan scored 2-3 for the Kingdom, a very good score from an individual. Andrea Murphy got their other goal, and um, it was a great start for them um, because that group was going to be tough. I thought Tip, you know, with the year they've had, they won the Division 2 title, they gave Cork a game in the Munster semi-final, but I think you know Kerry having that extra time of playing the football at a higher level does help, and they've got to win, and it was vital for them as well because in um, a few weeks' time they're playing Donegal, which will be a real humdinger of a game, and it'll really test Kerry then. Of course, it's not easy coming back from being relegated and a bad loss in the Munster final, but they did. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what they wanted. Um, was game, I suppose, if it was against no disrespect. A team from another county would they've risen their game, rose their game as much. But the fact that it was from a local game, uh, a lot of people were looking at Tip. You know, can Tip make strides in the senior championship this year? So um, a very good win. You know, scored three thirteen. I know they conceded two ten, but three uh, thirteen's a very good score. Yeah, it was great. And in Group Two, Round One, Armagh one eleven, Monaghan one eleven. So Monaghan kind of escaped with a draw there in the end. Yeah, and I was actually keeping uh, tabs on this game. And um, they actually had a chance, Armagh, to win the game. Um, Caroline O'Hanlon, which you would actually expect her. I remember a few years ago, she caused Longford problems in the intermediate. You'd expect her to um, start over a free. She missed that. Um, Monaghan were um, leading in this game, and Armagh missed an awful lot in the first half. I was just looking at the Twitter feeds about it. And um, Monaghan were well in front going into the, the dying seconds, but. Um, Blaheen Macken got um, Armagh's goal for them and it brought them back into the game because Rosemary Courtney had found the back of the net for Monaghan in the first half. So, um, you know, I suppose for Armagh, they're going to feel that they came out of this game, they were losing it, they got a draw and then probably what might have been because it would have been nicer to get the win, but unfortunately, honour is even. Can um, missing a free like that have an effect on players for the next game? That it's it's hard to know because um, it depends on the mentality of the player. Um, I remember years ago, and it's always been brought back to that, Ray Cosgrove from Dublin missed a free against Armagh in the 2002 um, Senior All-Ireland semi-final. And for so much, you'll always remember Ray Cosgrove. Oh, he was the Dublin player that missed. Mm. You know, certain things like that. I suppose it's the early stages of the championship. So, Caroline would be able to pick herself up and she's the type of player that she has faith in her own ability and she's a very good player so I'm, I suppose and with her teammates as well listen they got back into the game um, they probably didn't expect to even come out of there with a draw so I suppose they'd be delighted in some ways that they got the draw Great, that's a great result for them as well In Group 3, Round 1 Watford 2-11 Westmead 2-12 
a potential um, for Westmead to head to a quarter final out of this. Yeah, and um, it was Leanne Slevin. She was the match winner for Westmead, getting a late point for them. But I tell you, they were made work for this win. Um, I seen Waterford play in the Division Two semi final against Cavan. A very good team. I felt they were hard done by that day. You know, a few decisions didn't go their way, and I knew that this was going to be a tough game for Westmead. Um, Laura Lee Walsh and Aoife Connolly got their goals, and I suppose it's going to be tough on Waterford this result. The fact that they were so near getting a result here that you know they couldn't see out the game, but then just to show you the great resolve in Westmead that you know they always say that play to the final whistle, and that's exactly what um, Westmead done. I think you uh, tipped Westmead this time last week, did you? Yeah, I did. I tipped Westmead, so uh, I got that one right. You're going great with your predictions. In Group 4, Round 1, Cavan, 4-13, Mayo, 3-22. Big, big game for Mayo this weekend. Lots of talking points, obviously, but taking everything aside of what happened during the week and all the emotions that were, I suppose, preferably high heading into the games, eight championship debuts, 3-22 from play. What a game. Listen, my old ladies let the football do the talking. Um, and I thought it was very good in the week that they had that um, Peter Lee waited until after the game to make a statement. No one came out. There was no bitchiness in the statement neither. Um, they just went about, about their game. As you said, 3.22 from play. Huge. That's a phenomenal score. Um, when, when, when you think of it, like the six different scorers as well. Sarah Rowe scored 1-7. I was actually just looking at something beforehand and uh, Sarah Rowe was um, commented on how the players were very much behind Pierre Leahy. Um, she's still friends with the players that you know the, the players that, that didn't um, play in the, play in the game last week and that left the panel. But um, she said that she was honest about Peter and that you know he's tough on them and constructive criticism. And my mum always says about that about it's not what you say it's the way that you say it and you know you have to have constructive criticism. And it's how you deal with that. And maybe by saying those words, constructive criticism, we might see where some of the problems were that lay with, with um, the, the players walking off the panel. But um, I can offer as Calvin 4.13, like 4.13 and lose. I got to see the second half of this game. Um, Longford Miners were in a, a Shield final against the Dubs on Saturday. So I got to see the second half of the game. An absolutely fantastic game of football. I must give Niall McCormick a mention as well. Well, well refed by by Niall McCormick as well. But um, you know, eight, eight championship debuts. Mio That's a huge out, positive yeah. for them and yeah. all those girls as well. And to come on and to play like that must be very encouraging for Peter and the girls. Yeah, that's exactly it. Listen, um, we all see that about players nowadays compared to years gone by about playing for a manager. And when you see that players aren't performing, you kind of go, well, are they doing that because of the manager? Which, which is sad to see if there's something where every one of those girls went out on Saturday because I had tipped me, I thought me, oh, we're going to have so much in this. And then what happened afterwards? Hmm. We heard about yeah, the departures. And then someone said to me, you know, Cavan could give them. And I thought, yeah. And then I heard a few of the Cavan players had left the panel. So I still thought that, you know, Mio still had enough quality and definitely quality when you see 322 from play. What do you think those girls that left the panel felt like after they seeing, um, I suppose, a match like this? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, we don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, player welfare was mentioned, yet the whole team didn't go en masse. Um, 
So we don't know what, what the story is. I'm sure for some of them, maybe did they go because they felt that they had to go and support a friend or friends. We don't know how that is. So it must be tough because for a lot of these players, they play football because they love playing football. So they missed out on a chance of playing for their county um, on television. Um, and, you know, unless things are resolved, they might miss playing for their county this year. I think they're trying to trying to uh, resolve the issue. But, um, listen, Mio don't mind. You know, they've a weekend off this weekend. So we'll see how they are next week coming into their game against Dublin. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I suppose, how it all unfolds over the next few weeks. But I suppose a big congratulations for those eight championship debuts and let's hope that they can go on and, you know, play well without whoever's gone. Yeah, I think, you know, with, with the men gone now, um, everyone in Mio is kind of looking, well, they're under 20s as well, but everyone's kind of looking at um, Mio to, to do the business and the ladies. Um, I have a really good friend, Diana Hoare, and I knew Frank Brown down there, so I'd always kind of have, have a soft spot oh, yeah. for, for, for them. Cork as well, but Cork have been the the, the, the dominant force, so, you know, I think we've, they've done enough, so I'd love to see Mio ladies, and I'm glad that... You know, events last week didn't overshadow this game, that the girls come out, there was nothing on social media from any of the players. Sarah Rowe then just come out and give her honest opinion. You know, she wasn't having a swipe on anyone, but she said, you know, how Peter was and that she was doing it for the manager. So that's how she felt. That was great. That was a look back at last against TG Carroll Ireland senior hurling or senior hurling, imagine. Senior. Too much hurling, that's, that's me, too much hurling the weekend. <laughs> Senior football championship. Also, we'll take a look at, there was two big games in the intermediate ladies football the weekend. Tyrone 318 to Wicklow's 2-6. Yeah, and uh, Tyrone have definitely signalled their intention with a big win over Wicklow. Lost the All-Ireland final last year, so I'm sure they'll want to be in Crow Park on September the 16th. Uh, Chloe McCaffrey got a hat-trick of goals for Tyrone and the Ulster side led 3-8-2-1-4 at the break. Now I would have thought that Wicklow, for me, you know, I know they won the Division 4 title and it was Division 4, that they might have gotten something out of this game or at least give Tyrone a game. But I suppose you look at it even in men's football, when you're playing at a higher level, it does help. And um, then after the break, Gemma Begley and McCaffrey completed the scoring for Tyrone. So um, a fantastic start for them. And Wicklow face a must-win game now this weekend against Offaly. And of course, this game, Mead beating Fermanagh 11-24 to 2-6-D. I mean, there's a scoreline. We mentioned Donegal's result against Armagh in the Ulster final where they scored nine goals. But this is just mad. Like, you talk about a tiered championship in the men's game. Well, this is... I, th- I think there's an awful lot of counties that are too strong no disrespect to me, you know, a couple of years ago, Mead were senior. Mm. That an awful lot of them are just too strong for certain groups. And Mead now have really proven that, like, 11-24 is just... Like, for Manor, 2-6, two, 2-6 six, two, six could actually win a game. You could. Of course it could. But, you know, um, Mead, just Marion Farley scored 3-3. Three, three. Neva Sullivan and Stacey Grimes scored 2-2 two, two apiece. They also had Vicky Wall on the score sheet. Mead have some fantastic players all over their, their squad. They were beaten by Wexford, big shock in the championship this year, or sorry, by Wicklow in the Leinster Championship this year. So I think that was maybe the kick in the backside they needed. And uh, sorry for Manny, you were on the receiving end of it. And then you just go through the other games. Wexford had a very good win, 3-9, 2 over Kildare. I'm finding myself croaky. Apologies, I've got a dose. Um, 
you know, Wexford already defeated them in um, the Leinster Championship this year. So another good win for um, Wexford. Sligo then defeated my own county, Longford, to 12 to 8 points. And I did say that I feel Longford were going to struggle this year. Um, Sinead Nocton and Katie Walsh penalty for Sligo while Michelle Farrell scored six of the eight points, six out of the eight points for Longford. Um, so um, there were the other games in the Intermediate Championship, but the two teams you're looking at really are Tyrone and uh, Mead. I'll allow you to take a drink there for a second while I ask you this. What is it which we see, it, I suppose, every week in ladies football, the high scoring, like most games, Cabin of 4-13, allowed 3-17, Antrim 1-9, like eleven twenty four, like every game. Forget taking even the eleven twenty four out. There's lots high scoring in those games. It's fast and furious now in final ladies football, and it's very attacking. You know, I'd rather sit down now and watch a top quality game, ladies game of football, than watch what is perceived to be now our, our super eights. Because apart from Monaghan and Kildare, there was nothing really that would excite anyone. Whereas you sit down and watched the Cavan game on Saturday it was a fantastic game of football I, you know there's no real blanket defences there's nothing like that teams go out attack just the, the way football point. should football yeah the play football the way football should be played it's really you know everyone's on about you know how hurling has you know the scores on hurling now and teams are racking up high scores and um, that's the same now with, with ladies football it's great to see and it's great now that they have the platform and that there is 17 live games going to be shown across over the next few weeks which is great for us all to be watching oh listen this um Bula bus to tg car um i came in watch that game i was going to flick over and i said no i will watch um kerry and kildare in the under 20 you know, they've given us a fantastic outlet to watch um, any type of football, you know, men's, um, ladies, and, um, you know, these double headers, very good as well for them, game. Of course, as you said, I suppose we can't speak highly enough of TG Carroll that does promote the mm. Gaelic games yeah. for us here in Ireland. Do you want to take a look at the TG Caroline Junior Championship results? Yeah. Um, in Group A, round one, allowed 3.17 and from 1.9. Yeah, I kind of predicted um, Loud to win this, and I think for many, you know, Loud are the favourites to win this game. Antrim, I don't know what has happened to them in the last couple of years. They just have gone downhill. Um, you know, 14 points in the difference. Lauren Boyle scored 3-7, so um, she basically scored um, more than um, Antrim scored combined. So uh, a very good result for them, and, you know, that's what they wanted at the start of the championship like for a player when you realise that you've scored more than the opposition like that severe like confidence boost yeah I've covered an awful lot of it in ladies football I found yeah it happens a lot yeah and schools matches where I've done games I remember Sarah Dillon for Ballymat and Mercy you know young girl from um, Milltown Westmeath and uh, she used to literally beat teams on her own and you know, and it wasn't that she she wanted the ball all the time. She just got herself in, into good space. She set up an awful lot of scores as well. It's just that she, she got herself in the space to do it. But um, when you're when you're doing that, when you're beating opposition on your own, it's, it is amazing. Yeah, it is quite. Um, I'd have loved to have done that in my day when I played, <laughs> but I was on the bench, so I couldn't have done it. <laughs> in Group B, round one, Carlo two nine, Derry one eleven, Derry missing out by just a point. Yeah, and I actually thought Derry would win this game because um, they went in as Ulster champions. Um, Carlo were beaten by Loud in the Ulster, in the Leinster final. 
But um, Derry did beat Carlo last year in the All Ireland semi final, so a little bit of revenge from Carlo. Um, Carlo are a team that you know are, are are kind of steadily making strides there, and a fantastic result for them to get one over Derry and a good start to the championship. Great, that was a look at the All Ireland Senior Championship for the TG Cahar Ladies Football, of course, and the Junior. To next weekend's TG Carroll Island Senior Championship in Group 1, Round 2. We have Donegal and Tipperary there above in Roscommon at 2pm. Yeah, and this is going to be Donegal's first game in this year's championship. Their last competitive game was that uh, fantastic win over Armagh in the Ulster Final. Tipperary need to get something out of this game after losing to Kerry at the weekend. It's going to be tough and I just think Donegal are going to have too much for Tipperary on Saturday. Unfortunately, I suppose they might have, as you said, too much, but Donegal are going in with huge confidence. Yeah, like that, you know, the way they went through Ulster this year, they've had a good enough league campaign, but for them it's all about, obviously, the championship, and they'll be looking at themselves to join Kerry in the quarterfinals, and a win this weekend, you know, basically sets them up for that. You're tipping Donegal there, so... In Group 2, Round 2, it is Cork and Monaghan above and bar 3 pm. Now, this is live on TG Car. Yeah, this is part of the double header in Burr and down to the years, these two sides always had epic bat battles and great rivalry, great friendly rivalry between the two of them. And, um, you know, I remember watching games between Cork and Amai, Cork and Monaghan. You could rarely tip, you know, who was going to win it because the times when you think Cork was going to win it, Monaghan would do it. Um, you know, it's going to be Cork's first game out in the championship as well this weekend. Um, having a game behind Monaghan might help, but I suppose the fact that they were so near to getting the results against Armagh and missed out on that, it's going to be a huge game because I suppose you're looking at Cork as the team that's going to come out with that group and then who else is going to join them. So Monaghan will hope he can to get something here, but I just think Cork too much and Cork should uh, come out with this game. As you mentioned, it's going to be a double header in Burr and I suppose at 4.45 we've Galway and Watford. This is Group 3, Round 2 and this is also live in TG Cars. So we have a double header to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, um, sit down, relax and uh, watch um, the ladies' football and watch how it's how it's done. Um, Galway, the Connacht champions and just like Cork, it's going to be their first um, outing on the, on the championship this year and they're going to have designs. You know, the year that they've had um, very unlucky against Dublin in the Division 1 league final um, produced a very good performance against MEO in the Connacht final to claim the Connacht title so they'll be looking at you know not just getting to the quarter finals but you know they could be looking at you know serious contenders to win an All-Ireland title isn't it mad to think that you know you've got the Galway ladies we've got the hurlers and the footballers men footballers all looking for glory now in their minors, yeah. actually. Yeah, in the next few weeks. They're minors, they'll do the double. Yeah, in the next few weeks. So it's fantastic for them. You know, Waterford, very unlucky against Westmead. You know, they probably should have got something out of it. But um, they'll probably will give Galway a game. But I just think Galway will be a bit like Cork and Donegal, just too much for them. Looking forward to those two games, as I said, Lloyd and TG Carr this weekend. In Group 4, Round 2, we have Cavan and Dublin. This is going to be a huge game for Cavan. Um, the travel to Dunleer, actually Dunleer is the place where they're under 14s, defeated Dublin in the All-Ireland final. So they'll be hoping that that ground is, um, a bit of, brings them a bit of luck. But, um, you know, they performed well against me. Oh, you know, they scored 4-13. Did the game behind them going into this game against Dublin? But you're playing Dublin, the All-Ireland champions, the Leinster champions. They've already won um, the Division 1 title this year. Looked very good in that um 
game. You know, Cavan, there's no doubt James Daly will have them drilled and they'll be up for this game, but um, I can't see anything other than a, a Dublin win. I'd love to see Cavan kind of, you know, giving them a bit of a shock and that. And they will, you know, they'll pull up to them, but no, like, you know, Dublin should win this one. As you said, I hope that they at least give us give them a good game. In the TG Car All-Ireland Intermediate Championship, we have a Group 4, a Round 2, we have a Ross a Common and Mies and Kinnegad. I suppose it's one thirty as well. Yeah, um, this is um, Roscommon's uh, first game out and, you know, a lot of teams, it's very hard when it's their first team because a lot of them prefer, you know, to be out the very first day because when you're waiting a week, kind of, you know, the other teams have a game, whoever you're playing is a game behind them, so, you know, it could benefit them. Um, Mead, what a game they had behind them, 11-24, they scored... Did they learn anything from that game? We don't know. Roscommon will definitely be a tougher test for me, no disrespect to Fermanagh. But um, I just think that um, Mead, you know, the, the way they are at the moment, after a disappointing year so far, getting that result the other day, they signal their intentions and they'll want more than just get out of the knockout stages. So I will give Mead the vote on this one. Giving them the nod. It's part of a double header as well. Group three, round two is also being played there at three thirty. It's Clare and Kildare. Yes, and this is a repeat of the All Ireland Intermediate Final of twenty sixteen. Clare won it that or sorry, Kildare won it that day. And um they lost to Wexford the first day out and they'll be hoping to kind of bounce back. This is Clare as the first game and um it'll be a tight game, but I just feel I know it's Clare's first game into it and you know, Kildare have had the, the benefit of playing a game last weekend, but um, I just give Claire the nod in this one. Giving them the nod. That was just Saturday. That's this to the 21st. Now we've also games on Sunday. The TG Carroll Ireland Intermediate Championship Group 1, Round 2. We have Leash and Longford. Yeah, this is um, part of a doubleheader in Clane on Sunday, which which is great to see. Um, the Leinster champions are going to come in full of confidence in this one, Leash. Um you know, I mentioned Tyrone and me, there's teams that are looking at the intermediate. I'm sure Leash are probably thinking the same because they wouldn't mind going back up to the senior ranks so that it'll get, give them something to do. Um, Longford struggled against Sligo. This is going to be an even tougher test for them. So um, I think Leash will have no problem in this game. And you mentioned it's part of a doubleheader at 3.15. It is Group 2, Round 2, Wicklow and Offaly. How do you think you're going to see this one going, Dee? Um, Wicklow really got a hiding last weekend against um, Tyrone. I, I didn't see that biggest scoreline coming. They'll want to get things back on track. Yeah, awfully a routine that, you know, they can, on their day, they can put it up. They can put up a big performance. But I just think that Wicklow just have the quality there. They're probably a bit too much quality there. And I think their quality could see them through in this one. And also on uh, Sunday, we have Group 3, Round 2. We have Down and Wexford, and that's on Dublin at 2pm. Yeah, and a win for Wexford, and they're into the knockout stages. So that gives them a little bit of confidence going into this game. Um, Down have struggled, you know, they struggled in Ulster this year with with um, games. You know, Tyrone beat them heavily. Um, and I just feel that Wexford, you know, they won the Division 3 this year. They had a good win against Kildare next, last weekend. And I think that, you know, Wexford should um, should win this one. Okay, and I just want to take a mention there to the double headers. Brilliant idea. Really Fantastic. think it's just more people going to the games and more people getting to see them and on in the one place. Fantastic. Um, they've done double headers for the league semi-finals this year, so I had, I had a chance of going to Burr. Now I was working at the 
my old game. But it was lovely to be able to go and watch the Cavan Waterford game beforehand. The crowd were in, uh, even though Waterford lost, the few fans that were there stayed on because you're going to have a quality match afterwards, you know, the Mio Cork game, and it certainly lived up to expectation. It was a fantastic game of football. Um, you know yourself, there's nothing better, even as a supporter, going to a game and there's only one game there. Um, I suppose if you, if, you, if you lose, you kind of want to leave, but a lot of the time, if you're a GEA supporter, you will stay for the next game. And it's good to see them, you know, unfortunately, they're still in smaller grounds. Like last weekend, it was great to have it in Clonus. You know, um, Burr is it's a nice ground in Offaly, but it's an off pity it's not played in uh, O'Connor Park, Tullamore, some of the bigger grounds. But listen, they're getting double headers and they're getting these games, so we, we shouldn't complain too much, or I shouldn't complain too much. It's all positive going forward, anyway. That's two big days now of TG Carr, All Ireland, Senior, Intermediate, and Junior Championship this weekend that we can look forward to. Also, if you want to head over to sportstalk.ie on Instagram, you can have a fun with our brand new game. It's called Who You Fancy. You can follow on Instagram story, select who you fancy from, or I suppose our list of fixtures in the Camogie and Lady Football Championship. How it works, if you correct something, if you make the correct section, you get three points. If you get incorrect, it's only one point. So head over, it's great fun. Things like who will keep their 100% record. You pick between Kilkenny and Galway. There's plenty of options and it's good fun. So head over to Instagram at sportstalk.ie. Now we look back at last weekend's Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Championships. We have All-Ireland Senior Group 1, Kilkenny 4-13, Clare 2 points. Ger. Yeah, I suppose of all the results, this was the one that stood out the most. Um, and not for positive reasons, I suppose. Clare only scoring 2 points against Kilkenny is very disappointing for all Clare Camogie, for the management, for the players. But I suppose in, uh, for Camogie in general, nobody wants to see one-sided games like that. And look... Uh, there's always one side of games but to only score two points in 60 minutes of Camogie is uh, very unusual and very disappointing and kind of makes you wonder maybe what's gone wrong with Clare Camogie this time last year they had a great performance against Kilkenny and nearly bet them in Nolan Park uh, only for a late, late equaliser by Kilkenny and it was a fantastic result for Clare getting the draw so from that to this um, it's just very surprising um, if you look at it though after 15 minutes uh, with 4 points to 1 and then I suppose th- just before half time and just after half time is crucial in any game Kilkenny got their goal just before half time to make it 1-6 to a point at half time Miriam Walsh got a goal and then after the restart Michelle Quilty got a goal to make it 2-6-1 and from there on I suppose Kilkenny just ran out easy winners um, but I'm sure Patricia O'Grady, she's a very passionate Clare Camogie woman. She's, you know, dedicated her life to Clare Camogie as the manager. I'm sure she's very disappointed, but as all the players as well, of course. And um, they're better than that. Uh, you know, they had five players nominated for All-Stars last year. Players like the caliber Chloe Morey, Neve O'Dee, um, Carlo Leary, you know, they're better than that, than that scoreline. And, but... I suppose, I think Anne Downey probably had Kilkenny prepped, you know, the last year maybe they took Clare for granted and were lucky to escape with a draw and I'm sure that was in the back of their mind and they were probably saying that's not going to happen this year and, you know, it's getting to the kind of business end of the group stages and Kilkenny have a massive game against Galway this weekend. So I'm sure Kilkenny maybe were better prepared this year and plan was to go out and, and blow them out of the water and not give Clare a sniff of it, you know. As a player, how do you think they felt this week after just only scoring two points? I suppose, have you ever been involved in something so low like that, Ger? Yeah, but I suppose the strange thing about it, even though it was, you know, we can't write after a victory yet because a win this weekend 
we'll see them qualify out of the group, you know. Um, you'd imagine a defeat like that. They wouldn't, get, they wouldn't be in a position to qualify a week later, but they are. So they have to quickly get over it, you know. Probably, you know, it was never going... They were always going to be underdogs against Kilkenny. Obviously, they would have liked a better performance and a better scoreline than that. But they're playing Waterford now this weekend. Um, and, you know... Clare and Waterford would always have been a 50-50 game so Clare at home if they could beat Waterford get the three points they will finish then on four points ahead of Waterford and take third spot behind Kilkenny or Galway um, I suppose the only thing is Waterford are coming into this game on the back of a good a good win so you know I suppose it's the mindset of both teams now you know Clare have a lot of work to do this week to get over that defeat and focus on the next game suppose there's two ways you could look at it they could go in with their head down and not play their best or they could go for gunning for blood yeah definitely i mean the best way to get over that performance is to put is to put in a better performance and get a result now against waterford and you know that clear team and those clear players are definitely capable of doing that you mentioned waterford getting their win 211 to limerick's 15 and i suppose waterford have a huge chance now of reaching knockout stage of the camogie for their first time in history it's great to see yeah it is great and i suppose after the first two um, results for Waterford um, they had a heavy enough defeat against uh, Galway in their first game 4-12 to 8 points and then Kilkenny bet them 113 to 10 I suppose in a closer game but still it was two defeats and kind of sl- slipped in under the radar a bit you know they had a bye in the first round so for two heavy you know two defeats then and I kind of didn't see them as potential um, you know third place finishers in that group uh, I suppose Clare and Limerick was a massive game and when they drew that it, you know, I thought that was the game that was going to decide who was going to finish third so Waterford just slipped in under the radar there a small bit in my eyes and after putting in a, v- a great performance uh, to beat, to beat um, Limerick uh, Beck Harton got a goal in the first half she finished with 110 uh, Keisha Tobin also scored a goal in the first half and they they led a half time then 2-5 to 8 points um, the same story with Limerick I suppose as always Neve Mulcahy depended so much on her she finished with 10 points out of Limerick's 15 and um, you know Waterford looked like to have the better spread of players like Neve Rocket um, Fiona Morrissey all contributing and playing well um, surprising statistic it was the Warford's third game in the row where they had a, had a player sent off and they were reduced to 14 players um, so maybe that's something they need to look at the discipline, discipline side going into the Clare game you know because their goalie is suspended now so they've uh, their, their, their goalie was sent off in the last game so um, their, their substitute goalie and goals um, I believe she's very good as well you know but you know they can't really afford to be losing players like that uh, or going down to 14 players um, so that's something they need to look at but Donal O'Rourke you know from all the sound Sounding's coming out of Waterford. Uh, he's a very popular manager down there and he's brought real professionalism to him. And, you know, Waterford made a step up from intermediates and um, I suppose it's taken them this long to sort of get up to the pace of senior championship to have their first win now over Limerick. And they're in a great position going into their final game against Clare and a win would see them qualifying for an All-Iron quarter-final, which would be brilliant. Which is huge for them, as we mentioned. It would be the first time in history, of course. Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Championship Group 2 the weekend. Mead, six points. Cork, 3-21. That's four wins from four for Cork. Yeah, I suppose this result was never going to be in doubt, really. Um, you know, Mead failed to to uh, get a win yet so far in the championship. And um, Cork, I suppose, are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're playing unbelievable. They're breezing through the group. Um, it was competitive in the opening stages. Um, and, you know, I suppose Mead, again, relying on the likes of uh, Jane Dolan for scores. Um, 
but you know Cork totally upped the tempo then and the result was never in doubt at half time Cork led 10 points to 2 and then you know imagine having the likes of Amy O'Connor and Orla Cronin to come off the bench you know the Paulie Murray looks to have rested a few of the players and you know Amy O'Connor wanted to make an impression straight away she had 1-3 scored um, Julia White scored 5 points so she's playing well this year like Katrina Mackey Ashley Thompson you know all the big names getting on the scoreboard and they ran out uh, comfortable winners 321 to no s- or to 6 points yeah, and of course we'll move on to the other game that was on that day in Group Two, Tipperary one fourteen, Offaly two ten, a goal in extra time. Now they're in prime position for a quarter final. Yeah, well, if Tip ever needed a bit of luck, they got it in the sixth, in the fourth minute of injury time. Um, you know, Offaly dominated this game, and um, you know, Mike Wall would be as a manager would be fierce disappointed, and Offaly girls would be you know feel very hard done by, I suppose, just because they looked to be in control of the game. And uh, like Sarah Harden, Debbie Flynn, Michaela Markin, all going well, all scoring, player of the match. Um, Roshi Negan had a fantastic game in the half back line, and uh, they looked in pole position to win this game. Um, they led a half time two, three to eight points. Um, but tip, in fairness to him, never gave up, fought hard, um, and just you know got a bit of momentum going in. I suppose to the last few minutes, um, and it all turned on his head there with two late caught to Van Freeze. One was deflected over the crossbar, and then the second one was blocked. And Grace O'Brien pounced, and it was a, a fantastic goal to win the game. Uh, first time strike and buried it into the back of the net, and that sealed an amazing victory for Tipperary, one fourteen to two ten, um, the nar- narrowest of margins, and it puts them in a great position now. They're facing Dublin in the f- in their last game and a win would see them finish second in the group which would be a great result for Tipperary and the other game that was on in group two that weekend uh, Wexford 13 Dublin won 14 I think Dublin went on the second half a rally to win yeah so half time they trailed by three points seven points to four uh, Wexford got off to a good start good opening half they had the likes of Joanne Dillon on the scoreboard and Linda Bulger. Um, eight, after 18 minutes, it was three points each, but Wexford finished the first half very strongly and led by three points. But Dublin regrouped at halftime and, and really upped the tempo in the second half, came out much stronger, got four points on the trot. Um, maybe the heads dropped a bit for Wexford as Dublin um, drove it on then. And, you know, they'd score some Orla Began and Faye McCarthy, who... We remember last year scored some monster freeze. Um, she's the keeper, and she got two freeze, two points from freeze uh, in the second half for Dublin to seal the victory. So this was a massive uh, win for Dublin, one fourteen to thirteen points. Unfortunately for Wexford, it means they still haven't recorded a victory in the championship so far. Uh, while Dublin are in a brilliant position next weekend, you know this is great. Like going into the final uh, group games I think we have five group games and all but one are real real really do count and they're massive games and we'll be watching closely for results and you know it's going to have a big bearing on um on who's going to finish first second and third in the group of course there also was Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Intermediate Championship there was group one and um four games on uh, there was down six points Cork 18 Leech. yeah oh yeah Sorry, yeah, Cork had a big win over down, as you mentioned there, 18 points to to six. So that's Cork's third win in that group, and and they've drew, drew one game. So they're looking very strong now. They they have qualified actually. Sorry, that's their last game. So they'll go through to an All Ireland semi final now in the intermediates. And Leash two eight, Derry fourteen points. Yeah, I suppose the amazing result here is that it's another draw for Derry. Mm. This is their third game and their third draw. I don't think I've 
ever see. seen or heard that before. Um, so that means they've only got, they had, despite not losing a game so far, they've only got three points on the board. Um, you know, so which means their game next weekend against Carlo is, uh, or sorry, in two weeks' time is a big game for them. Yeah, there was, sorry, there was only two games in the intermediate, and then there was uh, three in the junior championship. Kerry, two eleven, Clare six points. Yeah, so the Premier Junior Championship kicked off this weekend, and Kerry recorded a good victory over Clare, and uh, they'll be favourites to progress out of that group. They're in a the group there with Limerick, Offaly, and Clare. And Limerick, um, of course, eleven points. Offaly one seven. So a one point slender victory for Limerick in that group, and then in the other groups, only three teams in the other group, Dublin, Roscommon and Armagh. So Dublin recorded a big victory over Armagh, 22 points to 1-8, so that's an 11-point victory for Dublin. Um, they'll be definitely favourites to come out of that group and probably favourites to win the Junior Championship this year after losing to Westmead in the final last year. That was great, thanks sir. That was a look back at last weekend's Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior, Intermediate and Junior Championship. Now we'll have a look at next week's Liberty Insurance Senior Camogie Championship. In Group 1 on Sunday, we have Clare and Waterford. Waterford going in with a win and Clare unfortunately going in after that loss of two points last weekend. Yeah, so this is a massive game uh, this weekend. Clare at home to Waterford. As mentioned already, Waterford with a great victory over Limerick. Um, they're sitting third in the group at the moment. Uh, Limerick are, have played their four games and so they have no chance of qualifying. Uh, Kilkenny and Galway will be fighting for a top spot but there's a massive prize on offer for Clare and Waterford um, if Clare need a win a draw will do Waterford as they're because Waterford are two points ahead of Clare at the moment but a win for Clare would see them finish third in the group and claim a quarterfinal spot so it's a massive game um, you know the big thing I suppose psychology is Clare need to pick themselves up after defeat to, to Kilkenny um, while Waterford I think will be going into this game in a much better position mentally you know they've had a good win over Limerick and they had a good performance over Kilkenny in their previous game so definitely the, the momentum is with Waterford and I think that could tip it in their balance you know they also have players the calibre of Beck Carton you know she's a fantastic player and Claire would really have to have some sort of tactic to stop her and you know a man marking job will definitely have to be done on uh, Waterford Um like I said, Clare only scored two points against Kilkenny, you know, their attack, you know, how could they, how come they only score two points? You know, would they look back over that game and say, what can they do differently? Um, you know, you'd imagine even if they were on the attack, you know, they should have surely won a few more free, scoreable frees, you know, because they have a great free-taking Chloe Murray and she would have scored them. Um, now, perhaps Kilkenny defence was very disciplined, but, you know, obviously there wasn't enough... Um, energy and enough aggression in the attack to create more scores there so that's something that they're going to have to look at and work on for the Waterford game um, but look Clare shouldn't fear playing Waterford they would have had more success over Waterford in the last few years but just Waterford just seemed to be building nicely and coming into this game in, in a better frame of mind at the moment and who are you going to tip on that one um, I'll give I just think Waterford will I just think a week maybe is too short for Clare to turn around and you know, put in a performance while a our week is just the right time for Waterford to c continue the continue. momentum of their performance. Okay, and also in the Senior Camogie Championship Group One on Sunday, we have Kilkenny and Galway. I suppose Kilkenny at home in Nolan Park. Yeah, this is another massive game. Um, I suppose these two teams are used to meeting each other over the years in Championship and the League. And Kilkenny have had the upper hand. Um, haven't seen nothing yet from either side. To maybe suggest that this is going to be any different. You know, I still think. Um, 
Galway would give them, you know, a really good battle like they always do. But I still think Kilkenny probably will just be too strong for him. Um, they're after putting up a massive scoreline against uh, Waterford at the weekend, or sorry, against Clare at the weekend. So their their attack definitely seemed to be flying. Miriam Walsh scored a hat trick. You know, Dini Scott scored one four. Michelle Quilty is picking up uh, goals in every game. Um, so they're looking really impressive going forward. And a few positional switches on the team this year. Some fresh. Uh, faces into the squad so I think Kilkenny are, are coming into this game in a very good position Galway probably haven't been tested at, at all this year so far um, they bet Clare quite handsomely as did they bet Waterford and um, you know probably haven't had a good enough test to face Kilkenny and I just think when it comes down to it I think Kilkenny will just have the upper hand and Galway will know look we're going to get we're in a quarterfinal oh, anyway and I think you know they'll probably be strong enough against whoever they meet in that quarterfinal because they'll be playing third in the other group so I think if it comes down to it in the dying moments you know I don't know if if Galway will have will have enough in them to get over Kilkenny Also on Sunday we have uh, the Liberty Insurance Championship we've group two we have three games we have Cork and Offaly Cork or I suppose at home Parky Ring yeah, so um, I suppose Dublin and Tipperary will be hoping that um, Cork do them a favour and just be Offaly and then they can fight it out then for a second and third spot. Um, if Offaly were to win this, they'll finish on nine points and, um, you know, they could bypass Dublin or Tip if one of them lose, you know, if one of them lose that game. Uh, so it's still a lot to play for, you know, for Offaly, but I think the Offaly... You know, probably like Clare coming into this game, you know, psychologically, how do they pick themselves up? And um, not only would they see that they were nearly robbed, I suppose, at the death by Tipperary in the last game, they now have to turn around and face Cork. You know, I mean, if you look at the results, Cork has scored 119 against Wexford um, so far. They scored 415 against Dublin. And they scored 127 against Tipperary. They scored 321 against Mead. How are Offaly going to stop that um, scoring? You know, that is unbelievable scoring. And they've spread of maybe 10, 12 scores in every game. Um, the only thing Paulie Murray could say, look, we're safely through with the top spot, gosh. Um, well, actually, he won't now that I think about Because, you know, if Tip were to win and get three points or Dublin, um, they might, you know score difference they could lose out in the tip top spot so no I'd, I I can't see Paddy Murray back. actually easing off or resting players he will go all out for a win in this game and um, like there's great competition in that car panel he won't take you know you know poor performance so he wouldn't be happy with that he's very competitive it's win at all costs so yeah unfortunately for Offaly I couldn't see them win, beating this game now they have sho- shoved it up to Cork last year and other years and put in a good performances but just I just don't think they'll have enough to beat Cork also on uh, Sunday at half two, Tipperary off up to Dublin. Yeah, this is a massive game. Really excited about this game. Um, Tipperary second at the moment on the table, just ahead of Dublin on score difference. Um, so it's all to play for. Like there's such a prize for the second team. If you bec- whoever comes second in this group will avoid Kilkenny and Galway in an All Ireland quarter final. So it's like Dublin last year going into an All Ireland quarter final playing Wexford, avoiding the top three teams, and you know. We know what happened then. They ended up reaching the All-Iron semi-final. So that's what's on offer for Tipper Dublin. uh, Whoever wins this game will finish second in the group, which would be brilliant because that was a very hard group to start off with. Um, So, and an All-Iron quarter-final 
and real chance, you know, 50-50 game in an All-Ireland quarterfinal then. Um, if Tip were to lose or Dublin were to lose, they'll probably still finish third if Cork, assuming Cork would be Offaly, but could get messy then if Cork or if Offaly bet Cork, you know, so win at all costs would be on both these teams' minds. Um, Dublin coming into this game now after having a good win over Wexford. Uh, Tipperary, again, it's such a psychological thing, you know. They bet Offaly, there would have been great celebrations but initially, but they didn't perform well. And, you know, if they perform like that against Dublin, they won't win. So they have to pick themselves up and get a performance. Um, you know, all their whole, all 15 that go out have to play well. And I think that's been a problem with Tipperary over the years. A bit inconsistency in performance, but also in players. You know, when player stars are one week and is taken off the following week. And, you know, we haven't seen the same 15 players go out. Um, a girl comes on one week, she plays well, she starts the next week, then doesn't play well, and it's not started the week after. You know, things like that. Um, as I mentioned before, Dublin have had a good few injuries, haven't had all their best 15 out on the pitch yet. So if they can get all that right, they're in a real chance. And me, they're going to Wexford also on Sunday at half two. Yeah, so this is the only game, I, I suppose, that the result won't affect who's qualifying. Um, both teams th- will be very disappointed with their championships to date, four losses each. Um, so look, they'll be looking, they'll be playing for pride now. Uh, a win will give them three points and will obviously give them a, their only victory in the championship. And, and that's what's at stake. So, you know, you'd be hoping both teams will give this on everything and and you know they'll both try and record a win obviously and then it's it's back to the drawing board and maybe looking ahead for next year and where they can improve that's five big games this weekend in the senior championship group one and two with the camogie also there is intermediate camogie um championship of the weekend in group two on saturday we have antrim and kildare um there's an on an antrim and we have galway and westmead above and balance low and then we have kilkenny taking on tipperary and also in the Junior Camogie Championship in Group 1 on Saturday also we have Offaly and Clare and that's above and Offaly and we have Kerry and Limerick. Also something to take a look at that I suppose happened last weekend, Tipperary dual player Orla Dwyer lined out twice due to unfortunate fixtures I suppose. First of all she was in Nina um, playing Kerry and she obviously had a loss there and then at 5pm she um, won with Tipperary against Offaly. What do you make of the unfortunate fixture clash? Yeah, I suppose unfortunate is the word. Um, I thought it was very hard on Orla to have to play two games and in this kind of weather as well. And the ground is like the road and, you know, play a very competitive football game, then turn around and play a very competitive Camogie game. Um, I know both managers in Tipperary were, were working together and I had said, you know, about maybe taking her off and only playing one half. But as the game... As as it turned out, you know, she, they couldn't afford to take her off in either game and she got a crucial point in the Camogie match which um, started a comeback for Tipperary. Um, you know, she, in fairness to Orla, she spoke very well about it during the week in local media and she was just happy to be able to play both and, you know, that she didn't have to choose, I think, which would have been a terrible situation, which would have been worse again. But it was just, I suppose, a bit farcical that happened at all and why they both had to be on Saturday when one of them could have been on Sunday. Um, you know, I don't know for all the facts. I'm only hearing different one side really, I suppose. Um as far as what I was from what I've heard what the agreement was that the ladies' football was to be the Sunday, but Kerry, you know, refused to play it on the Sunday because the men's football Kerry were in Crow Park and there seems to be um siblings, you know, playing the ladies' football and the men's football and parents 
didn't want the, them both being on Sunday. Um, you know, because I know this weekend Tip Camogie are playing, we're due to play Saturday, and Tip Blaze Football are playing Saturday, so the Camogie match has been played, is being changed to Sunday, and Dublin facilitated that. So, ladies' football and Camogie were to be working together, but just shows that I suppose it's not totally working together yet. Could the game not have been played Sunday? The game in Crow Park was at four o'clock, so you could easily have, I've known games to throw in at, at 10 o'clock and half 10 or 11, or even the Friday. You know, as you said, you're only hearing one thing, and I've only read one thing, and it seems to be from the Tipperary football's perspective. They said that um, it had been done for the Sunday, which you had said, the ladies' football, and then um, seemingly the Kerry management had no problem with it, but it was an email sent to Crow Park from the county board, the chairperson, and the secretary that led to the game. Um, I, I've had this conversation before, and, you know, it's not just Camogie, and ladies football but it's got to do with the clash with with men's matches and and that's the big thing if it was a league match which i know that they've clashed all the time with men's matches but when it comes to championship um that's where where it's going to get hard when when you have i thought maybe the reason was because it was such a big game but no it was the fact that that they'd siblings playing but surely the, you know that shouldn't be a reason why you know, it's always meant to be player welfare and it shouldn't be parent welfare, should it? <laughs> yeah, it seems strange. I mean, I think the first and foremost, you know, every, nobody wants to clash a ladies' football or a cold game with a men's football or Ireland, you know, a big mm. fixture clash doesn't make sense. But I think it's more important if you have a player that's playing Camogie and ladies' football that that doesn't clash. Yeah. And that has to be the priority first, you know. Um, I don't think the men's football were too worried if they were clashing with... I should clash the with the World Cup. With the women's football, but... Um, um, yeah, so look, you know, I'm just I'm happy for Orla that at least she got one victory after playing two games. Um, you know, it couldn't have, it couldn't have helped, you know, going in after a loss you know, to play your Camogie game. But even playing, yeah. you know, you talk about playing one game in, in or two games in 24 hours, but this was two games and championship games. It wasn't just league matches. There were two championship games. The intensity it's way different than yeah. than a league match. And as you said, both of them were so important and she played a starring role in both games that she couldn't choose. And it, it's very hard to do that. But I don't know, why do they have to go? Could there not, was there not, is there a ground nowhere around where they could have played the Friday night under lights? Yeah, she wouldn't even need lights this time of year. The <laughs> same thing is going to happen this weekend though. You know, she's going to be out twice in 24 hours as well because she's going to be with the footballers on Saturday with Donegal and then on Sunday she's... Dublin again, or yeah, or visit Donegal. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's you know in one way that could even be tougher. I know last week there was you know literally left one venue and went and played another match, but this time she has to travel to Roscommon, play a crucial game against Donegal, uh, and then I suppose does she travel home and then get up the next day and, and travel to Dublin? Because I actually think that's yeah. going to be worse nearly yeah, because after a weekend of playing two games in a row. Do you know what I mean? So not only has she two games in a row this weekend, she's facing to two journeys and two games in two, in two days. So, but look, I suppose like I wouldn't, I'd, you know, it's easy to criticize too, but I would not like the job of making fixtures. You know, it's. Next I've been on. I've been on a fixture committee now <sighs> with the Longford ladies, and I swear to God, I was like. You know, the reason why no one takes the job is because you have to be well paid and you don't get paid for it. And it is so hard. And, and the golf you get. And, but in even, 
and th- there it is again with, with the ladies. It's trying to get grounds. Uh, you're not clashing with the men's. You're still working around the men's game, yeah. you know, of trying to, to trying to get it. But um, it, it it must be so tough, you know, for a duel. And I, I think it's it's lovely, but there seems to be a, a nearly a dying breed now. Remember years ago, even with the men's, you had um, Dinny Allen and them guys, you know, playing both. And now all of a sudden, you don't see it with um, Uncannigan was with. Um, Cork, but you don't see too many of them now, you know, dual stars because it's just the commitment and everything is just yeah. far too much. And like that's without even looking at club and everything, so yeah. no, yeah. So I suppose there's nothing really you can do with this weekend because, in fairness, they are on two different days. So, but last weekend it shouldn't have happened that she had to play two games in you know within hours of each other. This and like it, I thought it was strange as Kerry were happy to come to Nina, Nina. and play it in Nina at one o'clock on the Saturday, surely. W- you know, if the parents were the ones that had the issue, were, did they travel all the way from Kerry to Nina to turn back and then travel yeah. all the way from Kerry to Dublin, Dublin. for the men's match they the next day? On that the doesn't way. make any sense. It would have been easier to actually come to Nina at about yeah, 11 in the morning, go, yeah. play the match, and then had... You're passing Nina, like, to go to Dublin. Yeah. So I don't buy that reason. I think there was another reason that maybe they were missing... I don't know, maybe I'm being controversial now. I think maybe when the Clare, Clare, Kerry players, some reason someone couldn't play on Sunday... I'm sure if you dig just in, turn out yeah. this story, and look, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it myself if I was a manager. I want my best players, and I throw out and I use it. And Listen, I've been a, I've been a secretary, <laughs> and and I've taught of I can you know fr- to talk about Frank Murphy. I can be just as good as Frank Murphy. <laughs> I, I have a little book now that I used to be able to kind of go right, right, right. I'll, I'll work around that. But we've yeah, we have done that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what really happened. But that's where the camogie in the ladies' football should have put their foot down. I, I don't know. I suppose you have to follow rules too, or you'll have the new or nowhere scenario. But there must be some, there should be some bylaw or something that w- that they can Try override fix a fixture yeah. decision to avoid a clash of is there on player welfare grounds or something like that. Is there like games that. then the following weekend camogie games? This no, this the this weekend's the last group games. There isn't seen her now. But so why did why did the ladies? Because there's a free weekend. This is Tip's last game, so Tip could have easily the footballers easily pushed out the week after, so Orla could have. No, I think there could be a weekend for playoffs if a playoff is needed. Is there? I'm not sure. Right? Yeah, no, because I just <laughs> see th- there we have it, and we talk about we have to be under the one umbrella. The Gaelic games, you have to have people there because you know there are people in admin jobs in the GAA getting paid, and that's their job to try and do that. But to sit under the one roof and you know come up with with the fixtures and with fixture plan because we were just having off air that the Camogie and football semi finals are going to clash now. We we're trying to think of how many players it's going to affect, but there you have it, you know, and they've come out early to tell us that. Oh, by the way due to um, television rights. But then you, there you go, you're kind of taking people away from either the camogie or the ladies' football by, by having the TV clashing at the one time. So, Yeah, like that's just ridiculous. Like, wha- like even if it doesn't affect any players, why put them both on the same yeah. day? You know, for supporters, for even promoting the sport, why, why clash them? Because the you're trying day? to, when you have the chance of having it on TV, you sell it, you sell it, you sell it. And you don't put up because you're kind of basically looking at the same kind of people. You know, if you want um, people to watch, it's basically you want to get females watching it. And if you're going to put on camogie, 
you're not going to have them on. And if Cork ladies were playing, obviously, you know, you've got plenty of people there interested. You know, are we going to flick over, have two televisions or have the laptop no. put on the television in another place? I think that's another day's uh, rant for us lately. As that was confirmed on Thursday that the All-Ireland Senior Semi-Finals would have, in both codes, would clash, as you said, due to television broadcast commitments which is, I suppose, another day for us to have an all-rant at. We can't forget that uh, Superwoman and jewel star Orla O'Dwyer will be at the Tipperary Four Codes camp on August 24th to 21st to 24th. So if you want to go online and sportstalk.ie and if any of your smallies want to go and meet her on the day, she'll be there that week. That is it for this week on Sports Girls Podcast on sportstalk.ie. I'd like to thank Denise O'Flaherty and Jerkanan for joining us today in the Lakeside Hotel in Killaloo. Thanks no very much, Valerie. That is it from us. We'll be back next Tuesday from 8pm.